0: Hi everybody, my name is Pat Hogarty and welcome back to California Real Estate Finance Real Estate 320. This happens to be show number 32, which is our last show in the series. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for watching the show. Uh, I've really uh, enjoyed doing this and uh, what we're going to be doing now is, today in the last show is going to be covering something called real estate, uh, or it's called Real Estate Finance Mathematics. Uh, by no means do we have the amount of time in this show to cover all the details that are specifically discussed in the chapter. So what I really want to do is just more or less do a survey of the chapter, show you some things that I think that are important that you need to take a look at. As I've mentioned, not necessarily in this class, but I know in other classes, real estate uh, finance math or real estate math in general is very important. The reason why is because when you go out to make, uh, for example, list a property for sale, uh, one of the things after you and your client have discussed what price you want to set, you'll find yourself doing something called a net sheet. And in that net sheet, is going to break out things, costs like escrow fees, title fees, uh Uh, points that maybe the seller is agreeing to pay, uh, uh, repairs that need to be done to the house, real estate commissions, all that kind of stuff. And so what you're going to be finding, at least from a financial standpoint, is that you may be doing things like calculating, uh, for example, if the seller agrees to pay so many points. They may say, well, the house is going to sell for you know, $400,000, I'll agree to pay the points on a loan up to $450,000 for two points, and you're going to have to figure out how many points that happens to be. In that particular case, if it's two points, it's $450,000, it's going to be it's $4,500 per point or a total of uh, $9,000. So you're going to have to figure that out with the client. And what really becomes important, especially when you're listing the property for sale, is that uh, the client is making that decision on whether or not what price they should list at and also what terms they should agree to based on your calculations. So that's why that's important. Conversely, if you're working with a buyer, you are going to have something called the buyer's net sheet. Same situation where you're going to be doing things like figuring their down payment, what fees they're going to agree to pay, such as escrow, title fees, uh, uh, points, if possibly, for their loan. And one of the things that's going to be important is you're going to be calculating their monthly payment. So if you happen to know that the uh, loan that they're going to be eligible for will maybe have, a say, a 7% interest rate, and it's going to be for 30 years, and it's going to be a fixed rate, you're going to have to sit down and calculate that out and say, you know Mr. and Mrs. Jones uh based on you know what you the offer we're making right now you're going to put down this much money here's the type of loan that we're agreeing to this is what your principal and interest payments are going to be this is what your taxes and insurance are going to be here's what your homeowner fees are going to be this is what your total monthly output's going to be as far as that house payment goes and they're going to make their decision based on the fact of whether or not that falls into their financial budget Another one that you may see is if you decide to go into where the lending business, where you're helping people get loans, you may very well be sitting there and calculating for people, you know, this is what your loan payments are going to be. If you have two points, discount points, this is three discount points, this is for a an adjustable rate mortgage, this is a fixed rate mortgage, this is an interest-only mortgage, and you're having to calculate all that out so that the person that's borrowing the money can turn around and say, you know, it looks to me like I can afford or choose that one based on the kind of risk I can tolerate and what my monthly payments are. So that's why that's important. Now, today... In today's world, when we're working with a lot of this, we as real estate professionals typically utilize a lot of computer programs to help generate those monthly payments and those amortization schedules and all that kind of stuff, and we can do that very, very quickly, and I'll show you one near the end of the show where we have some calculators at one of the companies they mentioned called Countrywide Funding but uh, or Countrywide Loans, but and then there are financial calculators that you can buy at the Sacramento Association of Realtors where you put the numbers in, it'll tell you what your monthly payment is or your discount rates. That's all there. Uh, the thing though that's important is that uh you sort of have an idea of what how those payments are calculated for two reasons. Number one is it really is really not a good idea to sit there and just punch a bunch of buttons into a calculator and hit a button and get an answer back and not understanding how it's calculated because you really and sometimes don't know whether that's right or not you have to have a general feel for it you know that if you put in a certain amount of a loan payment or you put in a certain amount of money that somebody's going to borrow what the interest rate is you should have a rough idea even before you hit that final what's the payment going to be some kind of a rough idea as a sanity check whether you're correct or not, or whether the machine is correct or not, if you will. So what I'm going to be doing here is just showing you a couple things that are in in the textbook to point them out to you, and again, I'll be back and forth between the camera and uh, just talking to you uh, on TV. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and move over here to my old friendly document camera for a second. And just to reiterate what we've been talking about, it says Approach to Solving Math Problems. And this is probably the most difficult thing that most people have a problem understanding. It says solving math problems is simplified by using a step-by-step approach. One of the things that I want to mention, and this is always, you know, you know for those of us that happen to be somebody that is, if you will, mechanically inclined, you know, somebody that can work on cars, can build houses, you know, I, I happen to be one of those people. I was raised like that. You know, we in our own mind have uh, understand how everything functions or goes, to, works together. That's how we have an ability to sort of troubleshoot things and figure out why something is working or not working. And in reality, we work with two things. We work with that idea of how the system operates, and we also apply something that's a very logical step-by-step process. In fact, in a lot of cases, when we're working with something and trying to figure out why it's not working, we literally go through and try something and say, okay, check that off. That's not functioning right. Check this off. That's not working right until we finally solve the problem. So we're used to this logical process. So, in reality, when you're working with these math problems, the most difficult part is trying to understand what is it the client wants to accomplish? What do they want to get done? You know, they want to have a house, a three bedroom, two bath. With a two car garage for this monthly payment, okay, you want to understand what the problems are or what the, what, what the client is really trying to achieve before you can actually sit down and start calculating things. So that's why that's important. And it's a very, very logical, logical process in, tr- in solving the actual problem though. So going on from there, it says uh, the most important step is to thoroughly understand the problem, which we've just mentioned. And then beyond that, it goes on and it says you must know what what answer you want before you can successfully work any kind of a math problem. You know, what that means, which sounds kind of funny, is that when you work the math problem, are you trying to figure out what the monthly payment is going to be? Is it a dollar figure? Are you trying to figure out what the interest rate is going to be? Are you trying to figure out what the points are going to be? Are you trying to figure out what the profit from selling the house is going to be? What is it you're trying to get the answer to? You have to know what that is before you can figure out what tools to use to solve the problem. It says once you have determined what it is you uh, are to find, for example, interest rate, loan value ratios, amount, or profit, you will know what formula to use. So it's identify the problem, what are you trying to resolve, and then go to the toolbox and pick the appropriate tool to solve the problem that's what we're trying to say okay now moving on from there what I wanted to do in the book is to show you if I can get the right page here a couple things that we need to do that I think is important I'll just mention them to you Uh, you know let me see if I can get the uh, okay here it is yeah we do need to know when we are solving a problem, and I've mentioned this like in my real estate principles class also, we are always, most of the time, we are presented with a percentage. In other words, when we go to the bank and we walk up to the teller or we walk up to the loan officer and we say to them, uh, I'm looking to buy a house and I want to borrow some money from you guys. You know, it's a house I'm going to live in. What are your interest rates? They're going to quote to you. They may say, our interest rates are a 6%. Our interest rates are 7%. Our interest rates are 8%. Whatever that happens to be, they're going to give you a rate. The thing is, is that's fine, but when you are doing the math, you need to be able to convert the percentage to a decimal number. So you can go ahead and do the math, either by hand or in a calculator, and then be able to convert it back okay so all this is really doing here is just showing you reminding reiterating to you and I'll blow this up a little bit here is that whenever you're presented with a percentage problem okay or you're given a percent okay you have to take and move the decimal point from here to here okay so as an example if i'm told that my that i'm going to have to put down 80% of the amount of buying the house. If, for example, I want to do that. What I have to do is I have to take this percentage, which it's assumed that the decimal point is right here, and I have to move it over to here. Okay, now I can put it in a calculator and I can do the math. Same thing here. If I'm given something like 9%, what I have to do is that I have to move it over two decimal points, so the decimal point is here. But because there's no number here, I have to put a zero here, and then put the decimal point in there. In fact, let me do that again so I can make it... Uh, I don't think I can erase that too well. Okay. Same thing here. Here's one thing that will throw people is what happens if you have like 75.5? What do you do with that? Same situation. You have to move the decimal point from here over to the left to, to here. Okay? And then you end up with this number, which is .755. And then finally, like 8.75... Same situation, you have to move the decimal point, uh, you have to move the decimal point from here, and then you have to put the zero in here and move it over this way. Okay, and that becomes it. Now I can do the math. Okay, now I can put it in a calculator. Now I do know that many of you will say, well, I could turn around and I could put in $100,000 times 80 and then hit the percent key and it will give me the answer. Yes, that's true, you can. But some calculators may or may not have that percent key. The other thing, too, is is that especially when you're presented with a number that you're not used to, like 125% or 150%, how do you handle that? That's why we need to know how to do this. Okay, moving on from there, uh, they conversely show you how you go the other way. Okay, and uh, so, for example, if you're given something that's a 0.88, which is 88%, then what you do in order to get the percentage is you move the decimal point from here. That's to get it go back to percent. So in this case, I would move it from here over to here, and now it becomes 88%. Same thing here. I move it two decimal points from here, so I move it from here over to here, and it becomes 1.5. In same situation here, I move it from here to here, and it becomes 9. And because the 0 is in front, I just drop it off. It's 9%. Okay? So anyway, that's how that works. Now, what I want to do now is just talk about interest rate problems. Now, the one thing that's important is that if you are ever given on an exam, and you'll see this hopefully as a result of what we do today, if you're ever given on an exam a uh, where they tell you to figure out what your monthly payment is going to be, for example, they say, you know, if you borrow, you know, $100,000 at 10% interest, what's your, what's your payment's going to be? You always make the assumption, unless you're given any other information, that we're talking about a simple interest rate loan. We're not compounding. We're not doing anything else. We're just doing a simple interest rate loan. These are probably some of the problems that you would see, if you will, on on a real estate exam. So what I'm going to do is, and the other thing that you have to think about is, when I get ready to borrow money, I typically am not just borrowing it for one year. I'm probably borrowing it for two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever. So in other words, I have a certain amount of money I'm going to borrow, which is called the principal. I have a second thing that I'm going to calculate, which is called the rate. That's the percentage, like 10%. And then I have to consider the amount of time I'm going to borrow it. So that's why on this page they give you an example of And I'm going to zoom out and zoom back in again so you'll know about where I am. This is the page that says interest rate problems. And what they do down here is they give you a little formula. They say that the interest that you're going to pay is equal to the principal, which is the amount of money that you borrow, times whatever the rate is, times the time. So, for example, if I'm going to figure that out, I may very well just take a piece of paper here. All we really mean, and if I can write this on the board clearly, okay, so for example, if I am going to go ahead and borrow my principal, and I'm just going to abbreviate this, P-R-I-N, is $100,000, okay, that's how much money I'm going to borrow, okay, and my rate happens to be 10%, okay, okay. And they may say to me, what is the interest that you're going to pay a year? Okay? Now, in order to solve that problem, basically what I have to do, I'll go through and do this one, then I'll do it. This is going to be for one year. First thing I have to do is I have to move the decimal point from here over to here. And then I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and do the math. So it's 0 and anytime i multiply 0 times any number it's 0 so it's 0 0 0 0 0 and then 0 times 1 is 0 okay and then 0 0 0 that's 3 4 5 and then 1 times 1 is 1 000000001 two decimal points because that's what i had and that means that what I'm going to pay on that hundred and ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollar loan, I'm going to pay at ten percent interest, I'm going to pay ten thousand dollars a year. Okay? If I borrow the money for two years, then I just take and multiply that times two. So it'd be hundred thousand, it'd be ten thousand times times the two years and that's going to equal $20,000. Pretty simple and pretty straightforward. Okay? So remember, P is the principal, the amount I borrow, rate is what the interest rate is that I'm being charged, and the time happens to be how many years it happens to be. Now, here's the problem that you run into. <clears throat> Somebody will come to you and not and ask you a question and they, for example, one of the questions they can be asking you is, how much is my monthly payment going to be if I borrow that $100,000 at 10% interest? And you can tell them that. Or they may ask you, they may say, you've paid this much in interest, okay, over the year on a on $100,000 loan, what is the rate that you were paying? So as an example, let me go through this. Okay. Let's see if we can do it this way. The first question that they have here, and I'm going to zoom in on this for you, okay, is, uh, okay, let me make sure I've got this okay. Okay, you're looking for, you're looking in this particular case right here, let me see if I can zoom this out in a little bit more. Number one. There's four categories that they're showing you here, by the way, so let's just step back for a minute. The first thing is is that they, they don't know, item number A is the interest is unknown. You don't know what the interest is that you paid on the loan. You're given the principal, you're given the rate, you're given the time, but you don't know what the interest is. So somebody's saying, how much interest was paid on that loan? Second thing is is where you have a principal is unknown. In other words, they're telling you what... The interest is that you paid. They're telling you what the rate was, and they're telling you what the time was, and they're saying, can you tell me how much it was that we actually invested or we borrowed? The third one is where you have an unknown rate. In that particular case, they say, this is how much you paid in interest, this is how much you borrowed, and this is what the time is. Can you tell me what the rate is? And then finally, going down here, is you have a time unknown. So consequently, what happens is is that you can always be solving, if you will, for the unknown quantity if you're given all the the other three pieces of information. Now, in order to solve this problem, there's something that comes out of the principles book, and I'm going to try to give you an example of how that works. In this particular case right here, we'll take the first one. They're saying find the interest on a $3,500 for six years at 11%. So what they're looking for is you're looking for the interest, okay? So we could do all the math to solve that, or we could use something that is shown in the uh, principles book called Uber's Pyramid. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this pyramid up here, okay, and we'll do this. And what this is is the I is for interest, the P is principal, the R is for the rate, and the T is for the time. Okay? So in the first one, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for interest. I don't know what the interest is that was paid. But what I am given in this case, I am given that I borrowed 350000 or I borrowed three thousand five hundred dollars Okay, I am told that the interest rate happens to be 11%, Okay, and that the number of years happens to be for six years. Now, in order to solve this problem, basically what I have to do is I cover up the unknown quantity. What I'm looking for is I, so I put that up. And keep in mind that any time between here, this means multiply, this means multiply, and this means divide. Okay, so I'm looking for this. So what this tells me is if I want to find out how much interest was paid on that loan over six years, I would take the principal times the interest rate times the time. Then that would tell me what the interest rate is. In order to solve that, all I basically do is I take the $3,500, okay, I multiply that times 11%. Remember, I have to move the decimal point from here over to here in order to solve that problem. So that's 11%, okay? So it's 1 times 0 0, 1 times 0 0, 1 times 5 is 5, 1 times 3 is 3. I do the same thing here, 1 times 0 is 0, 1 times 0 is 0, 1 times 5 is 5, 1 times 3 is 3. That's 0, 0, 5... Three and five is eight and three. So that tells me that basically what I've been paying or what my, uh, my uh, interest that I've paid for a year is, and there's two decimal points here, is $385. That's for one year. Now what it does is it says, but you had the loan. You didn't have it for one year. You had it for six years. So now I multiply it times six. So I just go six times six. And it's 6 times 0 is 0, 6 times 0 is 0, 6 times 5 is 30, carry the 3, 6 times 8 is 48, and 3 is 51. 6 times 3 is 18, and 5 is 23. Okay, when I do that, I have 2. Okay, I just go over here. Let me see, 6 years. So what that basically means is, let me me do this again. Yeah, 2 decimal points. Okay, what that means is that over that six years, I have paid a total amount of interest of $2,310. Okay, that's how I solved that. And I use this pyramid to solve that. Okay. Now, the next thing is is that I have another problem here. The next problem is where I'm not given the interest, but I want to find out what the principal is. Okay, same situation. So I, what I'm doing here is it says uh, underneath, let me see, under B, it says, how much money must be loaned to receive $2,110 interest at 11% if the money is loaned for six years? It's the same problem, okay? It's just that you're looking for another number, okay? So let's draw the pyramid again, Okay. Same situation. I draw the pyramid. Let me see if I can draw the pyramid now. I'm right, starting about right here. Okay, I draw the pyramid. And, remember I always number things first, so that's interest rate, this is principal, this is rate, and this is time. Okay? What they want to know from the problem if I can get this up, is they want to know what the principal amount is because that's what's missing. They don't know what the principal amount is. So what I do, first of all, is I plug in the information that I know. I happen to know that the interest that was paid over those years was, tw- because I'm given that in the problem. I am given, if you will, I am given the how much interest was paid, I'm given the percent, and I'm given the years. So I plug those into the formula box first. So in this particular case, my interest was 2310, okay? My years, which was time, was six. My rate happened to be 11%, and what I need to find out is this. So I cover up P. I'm looking for principal. So in order to solve that, I have to take the 11% times the six and divide it into 2300. That's how I do that, okay? So it's 11% times the six years. Do that first, then divide that into this, okay? That's how that one works, Alright? right? And I can do that really, let me see if I can pull up my calculator here, because you're allowed to use a calculator. So I'll show you how we would do this with a calculator I'm going to go in here, minimize here. I'm going to go into my famous little accessories here. And this will look just like a calculator like you would be allowed to use on the exam. So the first thing that I have to do is I have to take the 11% and multiply it times 6. So what I do is I go 0.11 times 6 equals and that gives me that number which is 0.66 okay and then what I need to do is divide that 0.66 into the 2300 let's see what happens when I do that so I have 23 let me see 2310 divided by 0.66 equals and that's the original amount that I borrowed which happened to be if I remember correctly thirty five hundred dollars. Okay? That's how that works. So what's the what's the lesson that you learn from this? The thing is, is you have to put where, where you're going to put stuff. Okay? Okay, so we'll take care of that one. Next, let's go to the next one. The next one, what we do is we have uh let me get my cameras switched around in here. Okay, the next one that I have is where I have a rate that is unknown. In other words, I don't know what the rate is. But I, what I am given is I'm giving the interest, I'm getting the principal, and I'm getting the time. Now, what's nice about the pyramid is the fact that you don't have to know how to manipulate this equation. In other words, you don't have to know algebra to solve the problem. This is an algebraic equation, the way you would solve it. But by using the pyramid, you don't have to do that. So keep in mind, what we're looking for is we're looking for a rate amount. We know that we we're given the interest, so what they're doing down here is they're telling us that our interest is for six years, uh, I'm sorry, that our principal that we borrowed was 3500 interest was 23. okay, we know that it's for six years, so they're giving us all that information. What we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out, in this particular case, what the rate is. We don't know the rate. That's what we're not given. So how do we solve that? Same situation, we draw the pyramid again. Okay, and I'll see if I can get this pyramid so it looks pretty decent here. Okay, pyramid. Okay, in fact, I would say that as soon as you get ready to take any kind of an exam, like a real estate exam, once you get used to using this pyramid, you would draw the pyramid as soon as you were given permission to do that. <laughs> so if you were taking the exam, one of the first things you want to do is what we commonly call in a and taking an exam it's called a brain dump. As soon as they say go, you have permission to start the test. Then just write down all the stuff right away that you need the tools. So, again, remember we have interest. This happens to be principal. This is rate. And this is time. Now, remember, we are given the interest in this case, and the interest happens to be, according to what's been given to us here, the interest happens to be 2,300. Okay, 2,310. Okay, that's what's given to us. We are also given the pr- amount that we borrowed, which is 3500 Okay. We are also given the time, which is six years. Okay? The problem is we are looking for the rate. We don't know the rate. So we put our thumb or our finger over the part there that says, okay, that's the math that we have to do. In reality, what that means is I have to take the principal times the time first and then divide it into that. So it would end up being 3,500 times the 6 years, okay, then divide that into the 2,300. Okay, so let's do that. Do it on the old calculator here. Get rid of this paper, okay. If I go back to my calculator, I'm just now that, now that I got the problem set up, I've got it written down. I just take that and transfer it to the calculator. So what I do is, first of all, the bottom part I need to figure out, so I have to turn around and say, okay, I need to take 3,500, 3,500 times 6, and that's telling me that that's 21,000. Okay, so I'm going to put that down here. Okay, 21,000, and I don't think you could see that here on the, on the thing. And now what I gotta do is I gotta divide that into that. Okay? So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take the 2310, 310 divided by 21,000, 21123 equals. And that's the 11%. Okay? Hopefully you're starting to get the fact of that What's really nice about this, and this kind of helps reinforce, is that you take a problem that you already know the answer to, you know, already know it. You know, you've already figured it out. You've already gotten in your mind how it works. So then what you're doing is you just, you know, once you understand how the tool works, then you go ahead and then you can apply it to another problem. So you may actually want to put numbers in here where you already know the answer. That's why I use numbers like, you know, 10% of $10,000 is 1000 I know what that answer is. I can figure it out in my head. Kind of a thing. Okay, last one that they have in here that I want to show you, if you will, is this last problem, which is down the bottom, where let me switch back over here. Okay, where the time is unknown. So in other words, we've had where we've had the principal unknown, the interest rate unknown, the rate unknown. Now the last thing is the time unknown. Okay, time unknown is equal to the interest, uh, interest divided by the rate times the principal. So how do I remember how to do that? Okay, go back to the pyramid again, but let me just show you. These are the facts that we know currently is that we have $3,500 is what we borrowed. This is what the interest that we paid, and we happen to know that the interest rate was 11%, but they're asking us to find the number of years. So in order to do that back to the pyramid again take the pyramid put it on the paper see if I can draw this thing now okay that's my famous pyramid okay again I number the stuff right off the bat so I don't forget what it is okay I know that this happens this one right here happens to be the principal this happens to be the rate and this happens to be the time What I happen to be gotten or given from the problem is that what I'm looking... In fact, what I uh, probably need to do is that I need to... They're asking me to figure out the time. So what I'm going to do in that case right off the bat is I'm just going to put a question mark. That's what I'm looking for. I don't know that. Okay? The interest, I happen to know what that is. The interest happens to be 2310... Okay, I happen to know what the principal was that was originally borrowed, which is 3500 Okay, I happen to know that the rate happens to be 11%, which I know I've got to move the decimal point over to here. Okay, And looking at this, what I need to do first is I need to multiply this times this and then divide it into that. One thing, by the way, you never do... <laughs> this is a math thing. You don't divide this into that and then multiply it. You take care of this part first and then you do the division. Okay, so let's see how that would work. Going back to my little calculator gizmo here, I'm going to do the bottom part first. So I'm going to take the, clear my calculator out. 3,500 times 11%, so it's .11 equals that's 385. Okay, that's showing me what it is for uh, one year. That's showing me for one year. So I'm going to go back to my little, uh, my little, and I'll, uh, you'll see it up here. I'm going to go back to here, and now I know what that happens to be. That's 385. That's my that's my payment payment for one year. Okay, now what I need to do, now that I know that, in order to figure this out, I have to take this, these two figures here, after I've done the math, and divide it into that. So it means I have to divide $385 into 2310. And how do I do that? Go back to here, clear the calculator out, put in the 2300, 2310, divide that by 385, I think it's 385, 85 equals six years, okay? Hopefully that's simple enough that you can kind of track along with what we're doing. And again, I can't overemphasize enough that in order to remember how to use the tool, do something you already know the answer to. Plug the numbers in. Makes more sense that way. Now, moving on from there, they show you uh, several other things, but what I'm going to do is uh, I want to show you something here I think is important for you to know about and know where it comes from. Now, many, 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 many years ago, before we ever had, before we even had a calculator, because I can remember buying the first calculator, not the first that ever was made, but buying one for an accounting class, uh... What what was happening is we didn't have computers that we could turn around and do all these fancy math things with. We also didn't have an internet where we could go on and go to somebody like a countrywide funding or a Bank of America or Wells Fargo and have them compute the interest rate and what our monthly payments were going to be and everything else. So what we did is we had tables that we had to work with. Now, the reason why I'm showing you this is so that you have a little bit of history and know how we got where we are today. What we did is we had this book, and they still sell it today, and I have a link in the Blackboard website to it. It's called the Realty Blue Book. And I'm going to flip this over here. Okay. And I'm going to zoom back out again. This is the, paper ver- uh, the um, soft uh, cover version. Uh, I think they still may actually uh, have this book. Let me see if I can focus out a little bit more. Okay, go back into here. Okay, let's see how that looks. Yeah. This book uh, is a book that every real estate agent carried with them all the time. The book has a lot of stuff in it. In fact, to this day, I can't really say enough about the book because it has a lot of stuff in it. It has, like, clauses that we typically use, home inspection checklists. It has all kinds of stuff. But one of the things that they had in here, let me see if I can get in here without breaking the mic, is that they had tables, okay? So if you open the book up, let me see if I can get to the right place here. You had these tables, just table after table after table. And the reason why those tables were there is because of the fact that when you start looking at, for example, paying a loan off and you want to know, well, how much do I owe after paying on the loan for 10 years where the interest rate was 10%. Okay, you these are not, before we had a calculator, we used to have to use these tables, which were developed by, a, a math, if you will, for the lack of a better word, a mathematician. We developed these tables. And what we would do is we would go to the client's house and we would use these tables to do things like figure out what their monthly payments were and stuff like that. Also, this book has a whole bunch of other stuff in it about VA, FHA financing, CalVet. You know, I mean, it just went on and on and on with all kinds of really good information in here that you could use on your daily you know your daily business daily rate and relatives use this it was like having a a uh, if you will a um, a reference book a nice small reference book that you could take with you and carry and have with you at all times well the thing is is that this helps hopefully explain what these tables are in the back and what they do if i can get to the right table here is that They talk on this one page, and I'll just tell you what they are. Okay, let me zoom back in here again. They explain what these tables are. And the first table, this is called the Mathematical Tables and Their Use. Okay, Mathematical Tables and Their Use. And again, what I want you to do is know why these exist, why they're there, how you use them, so somebody doesn't say to you someday, we'll use the Realty Blue Book to solve this, so you don't have a calculator with you, or something, you know how to do this. Okay, amortization tables. Amortization tables are based on the fact that you're making an equal monthly payment of principal and interest over a period of years, and at the end of that period of time, if you make that payment uniformly, what's going to happen is a loan is paid off. Okay, that's that kind of a table. We also have a thing called the proration table. Proration table has to do with where we look at where we are in the year, and we say, for example, okay, we're into the year, into 150 days into the year. How many days are left for the remaining part of the year? So we can do our prorations and figure out who owes what. We also have another table in here that's called the remaining balance. So, for example, a client may very well turn around and say, well, how much money am I going to owe on this loan? After I'm paying on it for 10 years. Now, as we know now, we can go to a lot of places uh, such as the uh, California Department, um, well, California Department of Real Estate, but, um, not California Department of Real Estate, but uh, realtor.com. And there's a wonderful table in there or calculator in there that will give you all the charts of how much money is owed left on the loan. But that's what this chart, what this table does. Uh, a couple other tables that we have is one called the Mortgage Yield Table. A mortgage yield table is utilized by a lender, so the lender turns around and says, okay, I'm going to charge you two points on that loan, and you want to know what the yield is on the loan, what they're actually going to earn, because they're actually, for example, they're going to lend you $100,000, but they're going to charge you two points in interest, two points. So in other words, they're really not, in some cases, lending you $100,000, they're really lending you 98000 but they're charging you payments as if it was on $100,000. So what is the yield they're getting? That's what that chart does. You also have things like balloon payment t- tables, so on and so forth, and then constant annual pay- uh, constant annual percentage tables. So I'm going to pick a couple of these and show them to you. Uh, by the way, in your book, they also have, down the bottom here, they have a series of different places you can go to get these calculators, and they just don't quit. There's just tons of them. I have one in here for countrywide funding. Uh, Realtor.com has them, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, FHA. I mean, it just goes on and on and on of who has them. You just pick out which one you really like the best. I happen to like the, like the one a lot, the one that's at Realtor.com. Now, to sh- see how these loan payment structures work, I'm going to see if I can do this really easily. At first, it looks like gobbledygook, and then it'll... <laughs> It'll make sense. Okay, here's our loan amortization payment. Notice a couple things when you look at this loan amortization table. A couple things, just getting a feel for what's there. First of all, it's called loan amortization, which means monthly equal monthly payments to pay off a loan in a specific period, a number of years. Notice it says monthly payment for a $1,000 loan. Okay. That's critical because the numbers that are in here are based on the fact that you are borrowing $1,000. But what happens if you borrow $2,000 or $3,000? That means you have to multiply that amount by the number of thousands that you are borrowing. Okay? The next thing that it shows over here to the, on the top is the percentage rate. I'm going to zoom in on here. This is the percentage rate that you're borrowing the money at. So this is seven percent, 758 8, and a half, eight, eight and a half, eight and three quarters, nine, all the way across. By the way, this Realty Blue Book, depending upon whether the interest rates were high or low, had table after table after table. You know, so you know you would pick the appropriate table that you needed. On the left-hand side is the number of years. So you had one year, one and a half, two, two point five, so on and so forth down. So for example. If I wanted to figure out what my monthly payment was going to be on a loan that was at 7% interest for 30 years, I would go down here, and I would find the 30, and I would find where that was, okay? And that would tell me that if I made a payment of $6, and uh, I think it's $6.65 per month, for 30 years, I would pay that $1,000 loan off, okay? Now, if I want to know what my payment would be for another kind of a loan, for example, if the loan happened to be for $100,000, then what I would do is I would take this figure that's right here. Let me blow it up a little bit more. Right here, I would take the $6.65, and because it was $100,000, because there was a $101,000 loans in there, I would multiply that times 100, and that would tell me what my monthly payment was going to be to amortize a loan for 30 years. So what I would do is I'd find this factor in here, like this, I'd say, okay, 665, okay, I'd go flip back to my friendly calculator, see in here. And I would put the six dollars and sixty-five cents in there, and I would multiply that times. If it was a hundred thousand dollar loan, there was a hundred thousands in there, so it'd be times one hundred. And then that would tell me my payments on that loan would be six hundred and sixty-five dollars a month. If I made six hundred and sixty-five dollar a month payments for thirty years, that I would I would owe, I would owe the place free and clear at the end of thirty years. Okay. And again, if you have any other kind of a loan in there, if you're going back here, I can go in here and pick another one. Let me see, oh, wait a minute. I went through that too fast. Okay, here we go. Conversely, if the client was sitting there with me and saying, "Well, what happens if I make the loan if I'm making the loan payment again at uh, for 15 years?" Okay? I would just go in here. I would find the 15-year mark under the years. I would find the interest rate for the... Remember, this is the interest rate column. This is the years, okay? I'd slide down here. I would find the years and the factor, and I'd multiply that times 100, and that would tell me what my monthly payments are going to be. Okay, so that's how that chart worked. It was pretty simple and straightforward, okay? Um, let me see. The next chart is something that is sort of similar, but it's working with what we call interest rate factors, okay? That's this, and let me zoom back out here, and time is moving along pretty quickly, but let me just show you how this works. Again, this is working with the charts. Here, what we do is we have a loan that somebody wants to get. They want to borrow $50,000. They want to borrow it at 12.25% for 30 years, Okay. What would happen is is the problem is we need to find out what the monthly payment is. So what they do here is they give us the steps. Let me zoom back out of here. Keep in mind that this chart would have all these interest rates going across horizontally. Okay, so what I would do here is I would go step one. It says find the column that corresponds to the interest rate of the proposed loan. This is 12 and a quarter. That's the first thing. I need to find that column. Okay? Step two, I need to find the row that corresponds to the term of the loan, which happens to be right here, okay? Step three, I take the number that I found, which is right here, that number right there, okay? And I add a decimal point and a zero to the front of it, okay, which this becomes this. And then I multiply the loan amount by that, so it's $50,000 times that, and it tells me what my monthly payment is, $523, That's how that chart works. And now what you don't see is that this book has tons and tons of these charts. So this is what the actual charts start to look like. Okay? In other words, you go across here and you see that these are the years going down and then these are the interest rates going across. So that's why that you pick the appropriate interest rate and then you go from there. So you're coming up with a factor, So you're multiplying that times what you want to borrow, and that's giving you your monthly payment. What you may not realize is when you're working with those financial calculators, all this stuff is built in there, and it's doing that for you, okay, mathematically. Okay, so that's the way that chart works, okay? Um, Again, kind of playing around with this stuff. This is another chart that they have in the book that we just want to show you, which happens to be the number of days that you have in a year. Okay. Now, what happens is, is in a normal year, you have 365 days. If you have a year that has a leap year, you have 366 days. Normally, for proration purposes, we don't really consider the leap year because it only comes every four years, and it's February 29th, I think. Okay. But when you look at this chart so that you understand what's happening, is, is that this is giving you the month going down. This is giving you the month going across. And th- what this is showing is so that you can go in here and pick a particular day in the year and find out how many days have gone by. So, for example, to do something that would know. If I'm in the first month of January and I happen to be looking at the 15th day, that means that there are 15 days that have gone by. Okay? If I'm looking out here for another day, say, for example, uh, say July, uh, I don't know, say July 4th, So I go down here, and this is the day of the month, okay? This is the day of the month. So I go July 4th, and then I go across here, and I look for July, okay? So that means it's 185 days into the year. Sometimes we call these Julian calendars. Um, You use them for prorations. Uh, A lot of times, not to muddy the waters, but a lot of times in a production environment, if you want to figure out something like a job number, to track something that's going through a system, they'll tie a Julian day to a number. So it'll say, hey, this is the day that that happened. Okay, so that's the purpose of that chart. The next chart that they show in here is something called the loan progress chart. Loan progress chart would be something where you would be interested in knowing how much you have paid the loan down. You know, in other words, you've been paying on the loan. So, for example, you may be looking at two different loans, you may be saying, okay, well, I've been paying on this loan on my house for the last 15 years, and I just got a thing in the mail, and in the mail it said to me, oh, by the way, we can offer you this great super-duper interest rate. By the way, be very careful of those things. They're really predatory what they're mailing out today, by the way. I would not jump on any of them. Uh, but anyway, they, they show that to you, and you want to say, well, wait a minute. I know my monthly payment is going to be less, but let me also look at another thing. If I keep this existing loan, how soon or how much am I paying, every time I make that monthly payment, how much of that is going to principal? Because remember, when you're making these payments, as the loan goes by, as the years go by, what's happening is the more even so your payment is constant, more of that is going to principal and less to interest. So you may say, you know what? You know I may be paying $700 a month on this payment, but you know, probably about 650 of that right now is going to pay the loan off, and the rest is interest. So, hey, maybe if I want to continue to build equity, maybe I need to consider that when I'm looking at the loan. So that's what this is. So in this example, you have a loan, $50,000, quarter percent for 30 years. The problem, find the balance after three years. After you've paid for it for three years, what's the balance? Again, what you do in this particular chart, step one, you choose the chart that corresponds to the interest rate, and they have a separate chart for every interest rate. In fact, it used to be on the real estate tests, they uh, not real estate tests, but on when they, we would teach this, you'd have to go and figure out rates that were in between those, those bands, you know, in between a quarter and a half. Okay, we don't now. So anyway, we find that, which is 12 and a quarter. We pick the appropriate chart. Next thing we do is this is the age of the loan, so we go down here. This happens to be the third year, and the original amount was for 30 years. So now we know what that happens to be. So, so now we found that. So choose the column that corresponds to the original term of the loan. For example, 30 year loans are found to the nearest right. So that gives you that number. Okay? Next thing you do, step three, choose, okay, we did that, choose the right row. Step number four, what we do is we multiply the number at the intersection, which is right here where these two are, come, come together. We multiply that number by the number of 1,000 increments in the original loan. So, for example, the number here is 988. We originally borrowed $50,000. We multiply that. shows us that at the end of three years, we owe $49,400. That's what that chart does. And again, when you take a look at this, there are tons of these charts in here that do this. Okay, so you would pick the appropriate chart the appropriate interest rate, which is shown down the bottom, and go with the right chart. So that's what that is. Let me see. I'm watching the time. Okay. So there, in the book, they have chart after chart after chart. Just go, if you will, it goes on for a whole bunch of pages on these charts. So it looks like there's a lot there, but it is really not, because it's just charts that would essentially have come in like the Realty Blue Book. This one here is what we call the points discount table so for example many times when you get ready to borrow money the lender will say to you listen I want to charge two points or I want three points or I want four points or whatever that happens to be and you always hear this thing like hey it affects the yield the yield how much the 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 person that's lending the money gets on the loan this is a yield table so what this does is that here just to go through the steps example you have a $50,000 loan 12 and a quarter percent for 30 years find the lender's yield if two points are charged two points happen to be you know one uh, one point is 1% 1 1% 2 points is 2% so if i did a $50,000 loan and i had two points and if i did the math correctly in my mind that would be uh, 1% of a $50,000 loan would be uh would be <laughs> five hundred dollars and two points would be a thousand dollars if I did that math right. okay? Just like for example, if I had a hundred thousand dollars and one and one point would be a thousand, two points would be two thousand, okay. So this is going to be a thousand dollars. That's what we're doing. We're giving the lender. $1,000 out of our pocket, or we're, we're actually borrowing $50,000, but we're only really getting forty eight, is what we're doing here. So what's the thing? Step one, choose the appropriate chart. Always choose the right chart. Step two, choose the column that corresponds to the term of the loan. We've done that right here. It's for 30 years. Step three, pick out the discount. So what it is is it's 98%. We've discounted the loan by 2%. It's 98%. Okay? And step three, this gives us a factor. When these two correspond is twelve point five three. And then we basically do the math down here, okay? Right down here, which is if I can get this to come out correctly. Okay. This discount would end up being, the yield would end up being on, on the twelve point two five percent. The yield would end up being 12.53. So essentially what you're doing is you're saying, okay, Mr. Joe, you're borrowing the money at 12 and a quarter. But because I'm not giving you all of the money, I'm only giving you 98% of the money. But I'm still charging you as if I had given you the whole amount of money. In fact, you're paying a higher interest rate. And I'm doing that because I need to get my rate of return, if you will, up higher. And the way that I do that is by charging you an interest rate on the loan amount that you, we had negotiated, but I collect points for that. So, okay, so that's what that yield table really does, okay? And again, just to show you in here, here's, and they go on and on and on. These are the yield tables, okay? So that's what the yield tables look like. Okay, so as I mentioned before, this is the last show. Uh, We're pretty much done for the uh, season. I want to thank you very much for watching the show. I'd like to recommend we have a lot of new interesting classes coming along online this year. We're going to be doing something called Computer Applications in Real Estate, which is going to be a great class. It's going to count for one of the classes you can use for your real estate sales or broker's license. And uh, also... uh, you know, so it's going to be new and interesting, uh, to go with, uh, to have that class where we're actually going to be putting all this stuff together. With that, I want to thank you very much for watching and we'll see you back here again in another class. Bye bye.